Well, hello, super awesomes. We have another special episode just for the awesomes. Rebecca and I just recently talked about our past job histories, and we thought there's some conversations that we may not want to put in the regular episode, but we definitely wanted to share with you and some questions that we look forward to asking you guys and talking about in our Sorta Awesome Superstars group on Facebook. So Rebecca, I'm so curious about this. You have a degree in in the theater arts, basically. You have video production and you um, have your a minor in theater. Is that what you wanted to be and what you wanted to do when you were little? Or what did you want to be or do when you were little or younger? Well, when I was little, little, I wanted to be an artist. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know exactly what that would mean, but I just thought if there's some way that I can create art and get paid for it, that would just be the best thing ever. And I barely even took any art classes then, even in high school, I took two. So yes. it's, not, it's yes. not like I pursued that pretty heavily. Right, right, right. Um, but then I would say from there, I did want to be an actress, except there was this... Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, acting gets a bad rap. Like, people say you can't do it like you can't be successful at it if there's Mm -hmm. absolutely anything else you can picture yourself doing you should do that because it's so hard to actually break out and get paid for that type of craft and that really was discouraging for me also auditioning is really really uh stressful oh my gosh i can't imagine it yeah yeah i often have also have to say that i'm not i'm not a terrible singer but i was not naturally gifted at singing and i genuinely feel like that has held me back Mm. in my theatrical pursuits because musicals kind of felt like they were off the table. I said that I worked at Sight and Sound Theater. You had to present a song and sing for that. And just, oh, I would have like so much like anxiety. To to be in one of the productions or to work backstage, you had to? No, not to work backstage. Okay, okay. You didn't need to sing to work backstage. I was like, whoa, they're serious about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, just to, to audition for the show. So I, the idea of failing at acting sca- has scared me so much that I haven't acted since I've been in college. And that's kind of sad, but it's, uh, not, I mean, that's just the vulnerable truth. <laughs> I know that you guys are back into baby days now with Isaac, who is um, not quite yet a year old. Do you think someday... As the kids are older and uh, you have maybe a little bit more leeway in your schedule that, I mean, is there community theater close by that you think you might audition for or some other way to get back on stage? Have you thought about it? There, There is. We actually have quite a large theater um, community here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So I had, I did think about it some after I got married, but then, you know, you have a full-time job and it's like, well, how many hours are you dedicating to rehearsals? And then how do you do that with the kids? And yeah, the, it certainly is a possibility for the future, but I have to also have to say that that performance itch that I have is being pretty well scratched at this point in my life. Good. good <laughs> Through good. like uh, Instagram stories mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. the podcast, I feel like my creative juices are are definitely being fulfilled in those areas. Gotcha. It's just scary. I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> Gosh, I cannot even imagine a more vulnerable feeling. I mean, I know even when I was writing more, just sharing a piece of writing with the world 
was super, super vulnerable. I had like a major vulnerability hangover for all of 2012 after the book came out. Um, and that's, you had, there's a little separation there, you know, like it's writing. Right. It's not you physically as a human form on stage and there's saying like, yes, you're in or no, you're not a good fit. That would be really hard to go through time after time after time. Right. I do feel like the last theater production that I was in was like so good that I kind of like went out with a bang and I get this like secret like I don't know excitement that that's the last show that I was in that's amazing uh dare I say the last show that I was in was the vagina monologues oh (laughs) I didn't know you were in that show that's amazing when was this uh it was my senior year of college we did it um, around Valentine's Day, and if you have not ever seen or read the Vagina Monologues, it is uh, powerful, it is empowering, it's a bit raunchy, it's um, it's all about women loving being a woman and learning to embrace yourself and all of your, all of yourself, and um, <laughs> the... I, the monologue that I finished the show with was, I don't remember what it's called, but it's, um, I act, I, I, I was not planning on sharing this. <laughs> I'm so glad you are. <laughs> I acted out, I impersonated, it was something like, I don't know, like 20, maybe it was like 15 different types of orgasms. Excellent. I love this. I did not know any of this. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm, no wonder I'm glad you feel my like my mom isn't a Patreon supporter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell my parents I was in the show until it was done, and I was a virgin, so I was like really acting because I had never, I had never had an orgasm. Yeah, I'm so glad that you. That was your closing. That was your closing finale. Of that like, was this the is- climax of my theatrical <laughs> career. I knew I knew it was there. I didn't know if we were going to be able to get there, but we did. So that's good. <laughs> anyway. Um, it really is an empowering empowering show. It sounds just completely like raunchy and like whatever, but no, it's a, it's it's really empowering. But excellent. anyway. Uh so what did you want to be when you were little? Did you want to <laughs> act out gonna... orgasms on stage? Is that what you wanted to do? <laughs> Isn't that every little girl's dream? <laughs> Oh, P.S. If your kids are listening, you might not want them to hear this episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll have to put a note in the email when this goes out. Uh, not safe for little ears, surprisingly, even though we're still talking about work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oops. I'm going to take a turn back toward the wholesome. I really did want to be a teacher when I was little, little. My sister and I would play school taking turns being the teacher and the student, depending on what kind of a mood we were in towards each other, we would either give each other like A, plus, 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 or if we were mad at each other, you got an F minus, 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 minus. That was like, oh, we would just like really get at each other with our grading system. Then this isn't when I was little, but when I was in high school for probably two or three years of high school before I found out about the English scholarship and applied for all of that, I wanted to get a degree in hotel and restaurant management, and I wanted oh. to open either a restaurant or like a boutique hotel. 
Now, in retrospect, that would have not been a good fit for me. There are many, 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 many details involved in running something like that. But I was really drawn to the thing of creating a comfy, cozy space where you could either come and have a candlelit romantic dinner. I mean, of course, I was like 16 when I'm dreaming this up, but like a romantic dinner or um, a romantic getaway. And that hospitality thing is still there. I don't get to practice it very much at all because of my life is crammed full. But that is something I don't tell very many people that but I'm telling y'all I really and truly wanted to do some kind of a hotel or restaurant thing when I was younger. I wasn't I wasn't a little girl. I was in high school. But yeah. So Okay. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, I still just can't believe that we're talking about this. And we're, no, we're not. We're talking about hotel management. We're talking, we're not talking about <laughs> orgasms anymore, but I'm still just kind of there. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving along. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so was there a job that people in your life, parents, teachers, peers had encouraged you to pursue that maybe never interest you or did or what? Totally, totally. I come from a pretty medically based family. Uh, wow. My, like I mentioned on the show, my mom's an RN. My aunt, her sister is an RN. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother was not only an RN, she was the lead nurse of the um, infant nursery at a major hospital in Kansas City um, for many years. She was very, she was a pioneer in her field of, she was like one, on the, one of the leaders of the movement to um, bring babies back into the rooms for more rooming in instead of babies. Yeah, of oh. infants being um, kept in the hospital nursery. Oh, and it's like sort of crunchy is like in your uh, DNA. It's <laughs> literally in my DNA. That was, it wasn't until many years later um, when I was doing sort of crunchy that my aunt pointed this out to me. She was like, you know, grandma. And then she kind of explained all of this. I did not know that. I only knew that she had been a nurse and then she was grandma. And so that she was very... Um, very much a pioneer in that movement. And so I have that nursing heritage. My dad's a dentist and um, everyone in my family wanted me to go into medicine somehow. Um, and I just didn't want to. I find body stuff to be very troubling. <laughs> like very like little, I have a weak stomach and I just, I don't know. I wasn't interested in going to school that long. I definitely was not interested that that deeply interested in math and science. It just wasn't my thing. And I do remember, I loved my grandma very much and I miss my grandparents to this day. I do remember one conversation as I was getting older, I was probably in high school when, oh, I, I was a senior in high school and I was talking about this English degree and how I wanted to be a teacher. And I remember her saying about me becoming a teacher, what a waste. Oh. <laughs> she kind of didn't use a filter at all times. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so do you feel like they wanted you to go into medicine because that's what your family did or because they saw potential in you? I think both. I think that, that we've just, uh, just, there's a lot of caregiving uh, background in my family. A lot of, you know, like, let's help people. Let's get people healthy. Let's fix their health problems. There's, that's a, there's a strong, um, ethic in my mother's side of the family. My parents were not super thrilled with me becoming a teacher. However, they were 
ecstatic that I got a full ride scholarship to college. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I bet. So they're like, uh, okay, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll let the medicine thing go. <laughs> okay, how about you? I can imagine that your parents were not dreaming of the day that you were on stage acting out different kinds of orgasms. So what about you? Was there a job or a thing that your <laughs> your parents wanted you to do? Uh, from, an er- from early on, I had my parents and teachers pushing me towards writing as a career, uh-huh. which is kind of ironic because, I mean, hello, I have been running a blog for eight years. So uh, that did kind of happen for me, except I had almost no interest in it because back then, remember, if you had a writing career, that pretty much meant like journalism mm. or journalism or you know, publishing fiction books, publishing. Yeah, a traditional mm-hmm. published book. And that mm-hmm. didn't appeal to me. I just didn't. Journalism, I explored it like a little bit, but I was like, eh, no. So blogging is much better fit. It's just kind of ironic that I always thought, no, I don't want to be a writer. And I think that's part of what has held me back from maybe even claiming writer as part of my profession and current career. Because I was that was always something that was, nah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But look yeah. at me now. You also have written a very helpful ebook, by the way, that I know you worked really hard on and is very good and has Thank helped you. lots of women who are um, trying to figure out the mystery of excess light pace activity. So all things come full circle yes. sometimes. <laughs> very true. Okay. We've laughed a lot about jobs already that I was not expecting, but were there any, in any of the jobs that you've worked, a most embarrassing moment at any of your previous jobs? Yes. And this is embarrassing after the fact. In the moment, I had no idea how cringeworthy this actually oh, was. No. And okay. it's like, which makes it like even worse because yes. I took it so seriously. And then now looking back. Ugh. Okay. So when I worked at Sight and Sound Theaters, which we talked about at length in the episode earlier this month, I worked in the lighting department and I had a very creative based part of that job where I was actually contributing to the artistic look of the show on a daily basis by running my spotlight, having the right colors on. You know, I was I was contributing artistically to the show. However, I had people in the department, my supervisors, encouraging me to learn a more technical based side of the job. And I hated it. I mm. I really felt like it was sucking the joy out of the job for me. It took away all of the creativity and it became just um like routine that I would do and there was no there was none of that spark. Mm. And so in an attempt to like fully explain that I am a creature of creativity and that this was not a good fit for me, I actually played for them my senior project for a video production class that I had put together. It was this really artistic, just this artistic video of me reading a love letter that my, (laughs) this is awful, reading a love letter that my now husband wrote to me while he was, we were doing long distance. He was in Jamaica. I was back at school. He wrote me this beautiful letter. I put it to music and I put all of this artistic <laughs> video imagery with it. And I played and it was like this kind of like sultry voice. I mean, not really sultry, but like serious, like my heart longs for you. 
looking deep into your eyes. I played this <laughs> for my two supervisors. Who of course I you did. <laughs> who I swear on the Myers-Briggs scale, there is no F at all in their systems whatsoever. I mean, they are probably teased to the core. And I... It must have been so awkward and cringeworthy for them. But I was like, look at this. This is what I have been created to do and make. And you're trying to push me into this box. And, like, I just can't do it. Like, this is what I made for. I can't believe I did that. And I was, like, so serious. I was like, yes, this is a good idea. I should show them this, like, love letter video that I've made. I can just imagine the video because you were fresh out of school and, you know, all the video production stuff was still fresh in your mind. I can just imagine that it was very elaborate and I love it so much. I love it. I hate it. I hate that I did that. It's so embarrassing. I'm just so hopeful that you have it somewhere to where it's in a digital file and you can put it in our sort of awesome superstars group. I'll have to look for it. But it worked. It worked. They're like, okay, okay, yep, we can stop this. We get the point. She is not made for this technical work. Just stop the video. We get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I did that for them. So what about you? An embarrassing moment at work? Well, I maintain that one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done in my life was when I spelled the title of my blog wrong in the URL, the first blog. Remember this? I've told the yes. story all the time. I tell the story all the time because it's truly one of the most humiliating things I've ever done. My my blog was called Sort of Crunchy. <laughs> Don't think about that for a second. Sort of Crunchy. When I first started, I was at Blogspot. When I entered the 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 like the thing when you're setting up your blog and it was like, and what do you want the URL to be? I typed in Sort of Crunchy. I left out the N. And for like years and years, that was the URL. Now at the, the, the banner on my blog said sort of crunchy. And I didn't know until I'd left blogger and moved to TypePad. And one of my readers was like, Oh, thank goodness. Now I'll be able to remember your blog address because it's spelled right. And I was like, what? And then I went and I, Oh my gosh, I just wanted to die. Like I, I almost had to put myself to bed because I was so embarrassed of that I had had that misspelled for like, <laughs> Two or three years, and I didn't even know. I still want to die when I think about it. But that's not even the most – well, okay, that was publicly embarrassing. Privately, just a little little moment that happened that I still cringe over, speaking of cringeworthy, to this day. When I worked at Starbucks, we um, – I was always on the opening shift. I am a morning person. I didn't mind. Um, our store opened at 6, so I had to be there at 5, and <clears throat> we'd get everything ready, blah, blah. Almost every morning at six on the dot. And it was a very, it was a busy store. It was in a busy location in Fort Worth. And so when we opened, like it was pretty nonstop, but we had this one customer who always stood out to me. She was always there, like right at opening. Um, she was tall. Her hair, this was six in the morning. Her hair would be like, like big Texas hair. Um, she was, had a very commanding presence. She'd come in and get, um, a venti caramel macchiato every single morning. And so, you know, after a couple of weeks of really knowing her and anticipating her, one day when she was paying, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot of ones. She had pulled like a, a roll of ones out of her uh, purse and was, you know, paying. It's like $5 or whatever for a venti caramel macchiato and was paying. And I was like, just was like, I don't know. I'm a stupid ENFP who's just like tries to make conversation with people. I was like, wow, that's a lot of ones. And she just like looked at me really funny. And then moved down the counter to get her drink. And the girl who was working in the register with me was like, 
she's a stripper. And I was like, like a, a real stripper? And she was like, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid and naive and embarrassed. <laughs> because she would like roll out of her night job or whatever and come in first thing in the morning and get this huge coffee drink and pay with all these ones. And, and I was like, no, wait, are you serious or you just think she is? And then another guy that was working with us was like, no, she does. She's like, we've talked about it. Like, she's totally a stripper. And I was like, okay. I mean, I was like this like fresh faced Oklahoma girl who I had never assumed that if you were paying, if you like had all of these other things that you paid with all your ones that you were a stripper. Oh, my word. So dumb. Oh, that's awful. And it's so funny. Well, what was she? What was she wearing? What would she wear? Now she uh, obviously did not like have on garb. She would just <laughs> honestly, she would usually be. We didn't really have. You know, this is two thousand one. We didn't really wear like yoga pants or whatever. But it would be like workout clothes. So, um, yeah, I guess it was just her casuals that she put on after her performances. Did you like want to like wash your hands after taking her money? Then <laughs> that like creeps me out. <laughs> Where were those ones, Megan? Where were the ones? Yes. <laughs> so, That's so funny. yeah. So these things happen. So, like oh, I said, word. we have funny stories that, that we have shared, and also just interesting ones. I really cannot wait to get this episode out and get it into the group so we can um, hear stories from you guys. So, this definitely took a, a much racier turn, Rebecca, than I thought. So, oh my word, yes. Strippers and orgasms was not on my radar for recording today. All right. Well, to our amazing, truly super supporters of Sort of Awesome, thank you so much for putting up with us, for, for dealing with all of the Seriously. crazy that we, uh, that we send your way. We genuinely so very much appreciate your support. It means the world to us. We hope that we can at least provide a little bit of a giggle in the midst of maybe some other on an awesome stuff that you're going through in, during the day. So uh, we can't wait to talk with you more about this in our Facebook group. If you haven't joined it, just search for Sorta Awesome Superstars on Facebook. Let us know the email address that is uh, connected to your Patreon account and we'll get you ushered right in. So I guess that's it, huh, Rebecca? Okay. We'll what else? Next time. I mean, <laughs> strippers and orgasms, and what else is there? <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, you superstars, and we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>